another episode of Two Fifty Tunes with your hosts Ralphie D and Frank G, featuring Pat's Podium, Project X with Princess Crazy Girl, Lady J, and people pretending to be angry with George Lucas. How dare you, George Lucas? <laughs> so all your shit. Actually, they've done. Uh, the, you know, you go, yeah, that was, I was pissed at that too, but they've really done a better job with it so far than he had been doing, so I can't really complain too much. You know, yeah, they, I uh, think we got them coming out this year, so I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, they reset everything, like, because people were, you know, they always said that those 5,000 books they were putting out were just bonuses and didn't have anything to do with the movies anyway, but Disney came in and said officially, yeah, that's all, you know, those are legends, those are just tales, you know, it doesn't count. So all these people yeah. are completely upset about that. It's like, well, nobody thought those books were going to be the next movie, you know. Seriously, but, uh, but it's, then, like the, it's like the Book of Mormon, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Don't be messing with my magic underwear, man. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, the new Marvelous st- has magic draws. <laughs> there you go. And, and Batman. Naturally, you didn't know I was wearing my special super thermal V long underwear. <laughs> yeah, thank you, and Batman. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. The the new uh, Star Wars crap they've been doing though, like the the stuff that counts again, which is the the new comics and the three or something books they put out, are actually good. So it's like, well, the people who are working right now seem to know what they're doing, versus like those yeah. last three movies, which were cool, but really didn't seem all that connected to what we watched, you know, thirty years ago. Right, exactly. They were too shiny and new looking, even though I understand that, hey, things got all jacked up and everything after the Empire came in and took over things, but still, it just, it was too polished. I mean, everything right. had a history in Star Wars Empire and Jedi. I mean, I don't Yeah, know. and if you, if you look at it now, too, some of that CG is already looking bad, and you're like, damn, you know, it's not that old. But they were trying to push it so hard in 02 or whatever, you know. Uh-huh. So hopefully, hopefully the new one will be cool. It looks like they got a, a good plan going on, but you never yeah, know until we see it. Too, but it's Jay. Hey, I got goosebumps watching that thing. Chewy, we're home. So, what's going on? How you been? I've been good. Been uh, working and in a show, so been busy. In a show? What show? Mary Poppins. I am a featured dancer, if you could believe that. <laughs> I, I believe it. <laughs> and I am also Queen Victoria, so, so that's fun, too. So wow, that, that's, that's awesome. going to be trippy. It, it's really going to be trippy, because uh, I'm a statue of Queen Victoria, so they're going to, like, marble makeup me for the show. It's going to be weird. <laughs> Uh-huh. Cool. You get to be like like a weeping angels from Doctor Who and like eat people and stuff, or do you just have to stand there? I I stand there and I dance. I mean, you don't get evil when when people look away and stuff. No, though that would be oh, wow. fun. That's not as cool then. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> so people maybe, turn their back, you hit them with an umbrella or something like that. Yeah. No. 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 But maybe, maybe for the next show, uh, which is Wizard of Oz, maybe maybe I could be the Wicked Witch. But. Uh huh. Now, uh, are they taping these shows? Uh, 
it, just for the people in the cast, but yeah. Oh, okay. Let me make a right here. I've got a nice little uh, quiet neighborhood I'm about to walk down now. I'm getting some good exercise today. Nice. <laughs> Where you at? I'm on uh, First and... What the hell is this street? First and Empire? Five, eight, eight, two, three hundred yeah, first and empire. You're you're in the heart down there. Mm-hmm. Not too far from downtown. Not too far from the mall. Beautiful downtown Ooh. Fairfield. Home oh yeah. Palm trees, a courthouse, and a library. All you need. <laughs> Is the movie theater still there? Or did they finally tear that down. It burned down. It was a comedy club. I thought it was doing pretty well too, but then uh, I'd say a year and a half or two ago, uh, it burned down. So they may have just sold that property. What is it with natural disasters and movie theaters in that town? I mean, we lost the drive into the great windstorm of like 87 or 88, whenever that was. Yes. (laughs) Movie theaters just seem to have natural disasters occur there. They could make a movie just about that. I'm telling you, man. Oh, God. Now the the old theater that was uh, the Solano Mall Cinema 6, that's now a 24-hour fitness there's a nice one in Napa. They they actually sell alcohol. I think the exactly. Star Theater out here does that. There, there's one of them, I'm sure, that sells alcohol around here. Yeah, the That's problem right. is that it's like 10.75 per drink, <laughs> or two bucks if you smuggle your own in. I remember one time, uh, my girlfriend and I went to the movies. This was years ago at an old. Uh, movie theater in Fairfield. It may have been the Solana Mall Cinema, but um, I put my 40 on the floor, and it tipped over, and it just rolled all the way down the, the floor. It was so loud. <laughs> to make that noise, yeah, the whole way. Clank, 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 clank. Oh, my God. That was so embarrassing. <laughs> the best movie theater ever was the Americana, where we could go in there for, like, you know, it was a buck fifty to spend all day there watching the same movies on loop. But you could oh. put your forty anywhere you wanted in that place because they didn't give a shit. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. Place smelled like cigarettes, weed, piss. Yeah, somebody there must have just been like, you know, abnormally into children because it's the only reason they could have supported that business as long as they did. You know, those movies cost money for them to bring that shit in, and they weren't making that much. Nobody yeah, ever bought no a way. single thing from the concession stand. I never did. I don't know anybody yeah. that ever did. True that. Watched, <laughs> Same stale watched, popcorn for weeks. Yeah, we watched the movies and we played the gyrus machine and the Mag Max and then we, we went home. That was it. They never changed the video games in 10 years. So. Seriously. Oh, man. But it was an awesome day when uh, Curtis got a job at the Solano Mall Cinema. Oh, that was so great. I saw so many movies for free. We started getting a little reckless after a while when I'd bring in a picture from home and demand that the guy behind the counter fill it. It's like, hey, my buddy's the manager here. Fill that shit up. Come on. Cutting lines and everything. Like, hey, I want a hot dog inside of a bucket of popcorn and on top of that, some of that melted cheese. Right now, come on, let's get it. Nasty. Yeah, that's a little too much like dick in a box to snack. I don't think I want. (laughs) And then put some uh, tortilla chips on top of that. That was back when my stomach could actually handle that 
madness. Boy, that was crazy. How many uh, cheeseburgers did we get on that famous day from McDonald's? <laughs> we split like a ton of cheeseburgers. Let me get cheeseburgers. So was it like the Harold and Kumar go to White Castle thing with the? No, it was. Uh, they were doing. Six packs of cheeseburgers, I think it was at the time, and there was like right. eight of us in the car. Oh, jeez. We went there and got, we ordered like <laughs> ten, eight, six packs or something, and they're like, yeah, pull aside, dudes, because we don't have 80 burgers in the place now. <laughs> but you'll have them that in was, ten minutes. Hell yeah, we did too. That was when Yonk's parents were gone for a week. And we went over there because we're like, no parents for a week. We're going to, I pretty much lived there. I took a key and made a copy of it. I'm like, fuck, I'm <laughs> staying here all week. You know, because I got sick of climbing in his bedroom window. Like, they could yeah. always go in that way. So Seriously. I had a key. But, uh, yep. you know. If it was an 80s teen movie, they'd have been trying to find places where they could hump girls. And we were like, you know what? We're just going to clean this place so when our next visit comes around, we can <laughs> actually breathe clean air. Things seem so much more innocent back then, though. I mean, but uh, you know, well, like I, I used to get ridiculed in mid in middle school because I was the only girl that didn't like new kids on the block. <laughs> so how dare you? I know it was horrible. So yeah, all I, all my girlfriends, they all liked it. So I used I used to hang out with the guys and make fun of the girls for like new kids on the block. Yeah, 1990 Carrie is going to come punch you in the face, though. <laughs> you know, Everybody I we knew was still listening those, so. to Huey Lewis in the news at that point, so... You like Huey Lewis in the news? Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own, commercially and artistically. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. He's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. In 87, Huey released this. Four, their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpiece is Hip to Be Square. A song so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics, but they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of friends, it's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul! But see, we actually, to you know, to be honest, we I had new kids on the block slightly before anybody cared about it, and was already sick of the three good songs before they got famous, pretty much. Right. We were up on shit like that. It was like, cause see, here's the sneaky way that happened. They put out that stupid song on that Word Two compilation that was Fresh Prince. That was New Kids on the Block, right? There's your warning. Throw yourself a favor and hit it. We battle every day and we have yet to be defeated by And then when uh -huh. the tape came out, I was like, well, is this related? Because I didn't look at the cover and shit. I just grabbed a copy of it from somebody and heard it and went, no, this is not at all the Fresh Prince, but there's a couple songs on here that don't suck. <laughs> right. And then there was like nine songs that totally did suck, so I didn't care about those. 252. Is that my cue? 
Is he done? Is he finally done? Oh, thank goodness. Hello, guys. How are we doing this week? I'm doing pretty good right now. Had a long, hard week. Worked a lot. Played a lot. And I am just glad to finally be sitting down, having a little chat with everybody. And honestly, I don't know what I'm doing. It's going to be a wild ride, but hey, you never know. We might have some fun. Oh, and I'm sorry for all the noise coming from upstairs if you hear something. Um, you know, the people upstairs, they're dancing or they have elephants over. I don't know what the deal is, but it's been crazy. Like 6 a.m. Dum, dum, dum. Like, please fucking stop, people. It's 6 fucking a.m. on a Saturday. So between night shifts and loud neighbors, I don't think I've slept more than two hours a night in the last week. So if I'm really where you can't comprehend me at all, it's just because I'm sleep deprived. I'm very much sleep deprived this week, which could be interesting, could be scary. Very, very scary. Hopefully it'll go the interesting route. We could talk about the boys and what they were up to this week. But you know what I have to say about that? I have to say, screw that. This isn't about them right now. It's about me. Princess Crazy Girl and all the weird and strange things I want to talk to you guys about. But I do also want it to be about what you guys want to talk about. So follow me on Twitter, PrincessCG252. Send me your ideas and your thoughts. Um, if I get a chance, I will respond. Hopefully it'll be with an awesome and not with a, you're a perv. No, I didn't want that dick pic. And yes, this is the rule when it comes to dick pics. I do not want them. Um, when it comes to pictures of cocks, I just don't get it. I do not think they're an item that photographs well. They're always a little bit of a funky color. The, the sizing and shape doesn't look quite right. The, you notice the little crooked bend it has. And I mean, it's not something that as a complete stranger, because usually these come from complete strangers, which is the funniest thing, because you haven't ever met, and the guy's like, hey, look at my cock. You know you want to suck it. Like, really? You think that looks edible to me? No, no. That just makes me feel a wee bit sad for you. Um, but yeah, so don't do it. And don't do it to any girl. I mean, honestly... Please, for the women of the world, just take my advice. Send her anything else. Send her some. Send her a picture of some flowers and go. I, this is if I was there, I'd be giving you or or something sweet and romantic like that. But do not take a picture. Especially, my favorite is the guys who are at work and they go into the bathroom at work and you can see that they're, and part of the picture, you could tell they're like in a stall in the bathroom <laughs> and you're going, oh my God, what a fucking pervert. He's at work and he goes in the bathroom and takes a picture of his cock and sends it to me? I mean, what? What? The, no, no, no. See, us girls, we, we, we do not like it, guys. I should really, really stop talking about my ex-husband because he's going to hear this and be so fucking pissed off. But, you know, after all those shots with the bathroom tile, and then I was like, dude, stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> oh, the more the days. And for you men out there who still think you're right and I'm wrong,
and you insist on sending this dick pic to this girl. At least present yourself in the best light possible, which means get it in a heart state first. Believe you me, we don't want to see no little shrinking turtle head. We want it. We want to see that you got something to offer us. Um, so yeah, show us your brightest and best. Oh yeah, when it comes to the dick pics, guys, dressing it up, shaving it up, uh, little bows, little bow ties. Um, yeah, none of that really helps. It doesn't make it more attractive. Being outside does not help. Sometimes it makes it even more creepy. Like, what is this guy doing? And who's holding the camera? Um, so, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't mind if Ralph sent me one. But if the rest of you guys do, it would sort of irritate me. <laughs> but I doubt I could fit that big with download into my tiny Dropbox. I would definitely love to try it, though. I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying something, is it? And if you practice enough, you'll be able to master anything. Hashtag I'll try anything once. Hashtag practice to you master. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at PrincessCG252. You can use those two hashtags to reference this conversation. Next week is Princess Answers Any Questions. So whatever questions you tweet me, I'll try my best to answer. Um, no, I do not speak Klingon. Yes, I would fuck once. So that's two questions out of the way. Let's see what else you guys can come up with. Looks like I'm out of coffee, so this is going to be goodbye for now, and I will talk to you guys next week. Remember when we were kids and we used to play records at the wrong speed just to see what they might sound like? We didn't have access to the entire history of recorded music at our fingertips, so we had to listen to the same record. Records, those were those round black things that contained music before the 90s wiped them out. Well, we had to listen to the same ones literally hundreds of times. But it didn't take long to figure out that if you played, say, a 45 at 33, so it was running a bit slow, it would still sound cool, but it might sound like an entirely different song. Same thing if you flip that around. If you played a 33 at 45, it's going to sound fast, but it might be cool. So every time we got a new record, we'd listen to it the right way, and then we'd listen to it the wrong way. But sometimes the wrong way was better. So after a while, what we liked to do was play the records both ways and see which one we liked the best. Now sometimes that would be the right way, and sometimes it would not. In today's world, you see DJs doing things like screwed and chopped mixes, where they're slowing things way down and just making bizarre edits, you know, basically to cater to the people who are drinking cough syrup. This is sort of the same idea. We were slowing the record down, we were speeding the record up. We were just experimenting with the sound. We wanted to see what we could do. You know, there was no money for musical instruments. This was really before there were drum machines, or there were a few, but they were really expensive. Wasn't something you would just have at home. We weren't using any computers. We're talking about 1979, 1980. Uh, computers weren't being used for music yet, so what we had were turntables and records. Good old analog playback. Put it on there, make it go around, and see what kind of sound comes out. So here's an example of a record being played at the wrong speed. This is a 45 RPM 12 inch being played at 33. Most people our age are going to be familiar with this song. 
Exactly. But pay attention to how the vocal sounds. And you can dance. Obviously, that sounds like it's been slowed down, but her voice doesn't start to take on the qualities of a male voice, it just sounds like a slowed down female voice. Now, let's check on something a little bit further out there. What happens if you take a female vocalist who has a really high-pitched voice, that almost sounds unnatural when you hear it in real life, and slow it down as far as the gear will let you? See what happened there? I started out playing at hyperspeed to sort of cleanse your audio palette, so to speak, get your ears you know, not focused. And then as it slowed down to the correct playback speed, to where the voice of Dolly Parton would be heard, you know, it sounds normal enough. But the slower it gets, the more it begins to sound like a very convincing, very real male voice. Then, once you're used to hearing the slow voice, which again seems very natural, Speeding the record back up to the actual speed, to, to actual Dolly Parton, sounds entirely fake. You know, like listening to Alvin and the Chipmunks. You know, am I suggesting that Dolly Parton's vocal parts are actually performed by some studio musician in Nashville who gets paid big bucks to shut the fuck up and remain anonymous? Well, certainly not. That would be crazy talk. Right, listen to this next piece. I fly with the stars in the skies I am no longer trying to survive I believe that life is a prize But to live doesn't mean you're alive Don't worry about me and who I fire I get what I desire, it's my empire And yes, I call the shots, I am the umpire I sprinkle holy water upon the vampire In this very moment, I'm king In this very moment, I slay Goliath with a sling This very moment, I bring Put it on everything that I will retire with the 
ring And I will retire with the crown Yes, I fly with the stars in the skies I am no longer trying to survive I believe that life is a prize But to live doesn't mean you're alive Don't worry about me and who I fire I get what I desire, it's my empire And yes, I call the shots, I am the umpire I sprinkle holy water upon the vampire Everybody hears that, right? Nicki Minaj slowed down sounds just like Jay-Z. And Jay-Z sped up sounds just like Nicki Minaj. Mama, you little baby, but these streets raise me crazy. Product of my environment, nothing can save me. Thanks for letting me bloom, for your wisdom, for your womb, for the roof over my head, for my shoes, for my bed. For the most important lesson in life was when you said, strive for what you believe in, set goals and you can achieve them. Thanks for the days you kept me breathing When my asthma was bad and my chest was wheezing Thanks Mama, you little baby, but these streets raise me crazy Product of my environment, nothing can save me Thanks for letting me bloom, for your wisdom, for your womb For the roof over my head, for my shoes, for my bed For the most important lesson in life was when you said Strive for what you believe in, set goals and you can achieve them Thanks for the days you kept me breathing When my asthma was bad and my chest was wheezing Thanks it would be completely ridiculous to suggest that Nicki Minaj is a side project that Jay-Z is doing to prove a point or to win a bet, right? Of course it would. Nothing like that would ever happen in our post-Milli Vanilli world, right? Here's a clip that's edited so that slowed down Nicki transitions directly into Jay-Z. See if you can tell where one ends and the other begins. Put it on everything that I will retire with the ring and I will retire with the crown. Yes, mama, you little baby, but these streets raise me crazy. Product of my environment, nothing can save me. Here's one more example. Again, I ask you, which one is real? Miscato is friends in the bottle is Nikki full throttle is all oh Swimming in the bottle we winning in the lotto we dipping in the powder blue flow So getting so good it's dripping on wood get a ride in that engine that could go Get me and robbing it bang bang cocking it Queen Nikki dominant prominent Miss Miscato is friends in the bottle is Nikki full throttle is all oh Swimming in the bottle we winning in the lotto we dipping in the powder blue flow So getting so good it's dripping on wood get a ride in that engine that could go Get me and robbing it bang bang cocking it Queen Nikki dominant prominent On that last example I should point out that when listening to the slow version in its entirety, you'll notice that Jesse J sounds like a woman being pitched down, Ariana Grande sounds like a woman being pitched down, barely, and Nicki Minaj sounds like Jay-Z. Here's a piece of Ariana by herself. Slowed down, you'll notice that it still sounds like a female vocal, with some sort of effect on it. It doesn't have the tonal qualities normally found in a male vocal, regardless of pitch. You see, it doesn't sound like a convincing male voice like it does when you do that on the, the Nicki Minaj piece. What happens if you do this on a higher pitched male vocal? Did Michael Jackson's voice actually change in the late 70s, causing Quincy Jones to start speeding up the tapes on playback in order to preserve his vocal style? Maybe. 
and maybe Prince was secretly replaced with Christopher in 1985 while making Under the Cherry Moon. Google that, it's one of the better conspiracies going around. If I was Here's a fun example. Yes, I am such an asshole that I just made you listen to 30 seconds of Mbop. You can voice your opinion on that in the comments section or via email. I think that song gets much better when you play it at the wrong speed. And that's really the point of this segment. I'm not seriously saying that these artists are mostly created in the studio and may even be entirely computer generated. I'm saying that everyone is missing out on a lot of cool music by not being able to play their 33s on 45 anymore. Put down the iPod after listening to the show, of course. iPods are great for podcasts, but terrible for music. Grab a turntable, some records, and experiment. That's how hip-hop was created, and look how far that's gone. Of course, there are some rappers that use this to their advantage as well. Now that's a very common production technique. Slowing the tape down to record and then playing it back at normal speed makes the final product sound faster, slightly higher pitched, pushes the song along faster. It's not at all uncommon for rappers to want to slow down the beat so that they can keep up with it and then speed it up so it sounds like they were rapping faster in the first place. Both of those things are combined in this clip. It was slowed down A so that they could rap at a much slower pace and not really have to work so hard to get the job done and B, because at that point they were still trying to achieve a sort of a clown voice. So you normally would speed that up to get there, so if you slow down the tape in the first place, it's gonna sound faster when you play it back. This particular trick is so common, in fact, that it's used on probably 90% of all music that you hear today. I'm guilty of this myself. What I do, like a lot of others, is I speed things up a bit at the end of the day. If you compare these two back to back, you'll be able to hear and feel the reason we speed things up.
that first version has the music slowed down and the natural sounding voice. The second version has the music at the normal speed and the voice sounds a little bit higher in pitch. That slight difference in tempo and pitch changes the entire feel of the piece. Remember, everything you hear is designed to trick your ear using Studio Magic. Hello, welcome to Retro Nerds 252. My name is Pat, and for the next few moments I'd like to talk with you about Philip K. Dick and his influence on pop culture. For those of you who do not know who Philip K. Dick is, he was born in the Depression in 1928 in Chicago, spent a short period of his childhood in the Midwest before he moved to California, where he lived most of the rest of his life. Living in Berkeley at that time was kind of like a heyday for science fiction writers. Robert Heinlein lived in Berkeley for a little while. Arthur C. Clarke was known to come in and out of there. There were several writers of science fiction that are now looking backwards seen as masters or people of high regard that he actually associated with quite a bit. Some people have quoted Philip K. Dick as being more famous for giving other writers incredible ideas or him throwing away more ideas than most writers had in a lifetime. When you go down the list of stories and novellas and, and books that he's written for that short period of time, especially for the fact that when you think about all the other things that were going on in his life, he really did write a lot. His stories almost always have a very high philosophical bent to them. They usually are tied into thoughts of what is human, a lot about just what is the life that we live. Some of the stories that he's written that you may be aware of, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which became Blade Runner, The Man in the High Castle, Martian Death Trap, Ubik, which is an incredible story unto itself, The Three Stigmata of Palmer Eldritch, Scanner Darkly, The Vallis Trilogy, and then multiple others. Uh, the story, We'll Remember It For You Wholesale, became Total Recall, both versions. There was a short story called Minority Report, and tons and tons and tons of others. So let's talk about The Matrix for a second. It's a story about a person that was living a life. That life was upended by experiences. He was sucked into a bunch of circumstances outside of his control, but he realized very quickly that the circumstances brought him to a place where he experiences anamnesis. He starts to see reality for what it is. And he has this group of people around him that get him from the place where he was mentally and physically and emotionally, and they walk him through this path. Now, obviously, this is another very old philosophical and literary mythological trope. Joseph Campbell talks about this a lot, the path of the hero, the path of the warrior. Star Wars, Luke Skywalker goes through this same journey. But essentially what we see in The Matrix is probably the most accurate and most clear and concise version of a Philip K. Dick story that you'll probably ever find. This is a person that was living his life, was perfectly happy in that life, maybe felt like he didn't quite fit in, and then something happens and it's very quickly revealed to him why he doesn't fit in, because he doesn't belong, because the reality that he's living in isn't real, it's not meant to exist, he's not meant to fit in. 
there's another purpose in his life, not the purpose that was established for him that he thought he had, but there's another purpose. So let's talk about this book that Philip K. Dick wrote, and it was published shortly before he died called The Divine Invasion. This story, to give you a really broad stroke of it, it's about this child. His name was Emmanuel. Emmanuel is a very religiously loaded name. What Philip K. Dick was doing is he was creating this allegory for a Christ-like return. And it's set in the future. And it's set in a world with cryogenics being a fact. It's set in a world where he told it in a slightly humorous way. The person that's telling the story has actually been in cryogenesis or sleep for almost 20 years. And the story, he's not even sure. This is what they call the implausible storyteller. He's not sure if it's true or not anymore or if it's real because the place where he's in this cryogenic sleep is located right next to a radio transmitter for one of the larger radio stations in the area. So literally, there's times when commercials will pop into his storytelling. There's times when there's a narrative that goes in and out. So you're not quite sure what's going on. Is this person crazy? Is he reliving experiences that aren't quite true because they've been muddied for years of this radio transmission? Or is he telling his story as ably and capably as he can and then the world that we all live in is trying to inject their version of it into it. You never quite know. And that's actually kind of the fun of the story because it keeps you on your toes the entire time. So let's spend the next few minutes talking about Radiohead's OK Computer. Now, there's several songs on this album that I believe are either referencing or directly influenced by the Divine Invasion. OK Computer, as you know, is essentially a late 90s album by Radiohead that basically puts you in a future dystopic world. It's almost like a police state, very similar to 1984. What Radiohead did was create a concept album that goes through and it talks about the trials and tribulations of being on this earth, living in this government-regulated planet. At that time, computers really weren't as ubiquitous as they are today. And it seemed to me like what they were grasping at is what computers were doing to society in general. And that was kind of their reference point. So the first song on the album talks about an air crash after a world war, and then a neon sign that's scrolling where a person's born again. So it's obvious that this is a crash, right? An air crash, which to me is spot on exactly like the premise of the divine invasion. There's no doubt to me that they had read that book and, the, and that book informed the lyrics of that song. Then when you go to Lucky, basically then you have...
these are referencing a person that comes out of an air crash to be the person that they're supposed to be and that they're there to change the way things are today. There's very little doubt in my mind that this album specifically, if not the entire album, but at least those songs as well as Carmel Police, probably Let Down, have references to the Divine Invasion. So if you like that album, I highly suggest you read the book. So let's talk about Octoon Baby. Octoon Baby doesn't specifically reference the Divine Invasion per se, but I think that it is heavily referenced by Philip K. Dick, maybe more Vallis than anything else, the book before the Divine Invasion. But essentially what that album is about, another concept album in my mind, but it's basically a person that has an acid trip and kind of goes through their life looking at everything from almost like a carnival perspective. The first song, Zoo Station, is basically this person starting this acid trip. basically this trip that this person goes on physically and metaphorically through their their life. He goes back and he looks at things that happened in his life, bad relationships, whether one is considered a, a relationship with a lover or a father. Did I disappoint you? entire album is just this inventory of a person's life as they're going through the stress and the trauma of what an acid trip in my mind I, I related to an acid trip but just basically a recounting of a person's life from what stress has brought to them and then their next album Zuropa which is I think a more intriguing album from the ideas that are being brought up but it's not as thematic tight as Octoon Baby is but the first song on Zuropa, again, is telling of a story of a future place that isn't quite as good as it can be. And it's kind of in injected again with all of these commercial thoughts and commercials being at you at all times. The way the album starts is with a very popular saying at times, especially in Germany, Vorsprung Dirk Technik, which is in some instances loosely translated as salvation through technology. And that's essentially what the whole album Zuropa is about. But Zuropa also goes into this scenario, the song itself, about these people that live underground. There's another society out there. There's another way of life. There's another 
there's a higher form of living that's out there and they're basically imploring people to see that other way of life get your head out of the mud uh, dream of the world you want to live in dreaming out loud there's all these references to just getting out of the underground which again to me is shades of the penultimate truth they kind of go into Vallis again do androids dream of electric sheep i feel like there's a lot of phil k dick references in both of those u2 albums the watchman i don't believe that alan moore specifically referenced any phil k dick but you kind of get the same thing that there's this world that dr manhattan is allowed to live in that he embodies in the whole story that is kind of like a lot of these philip k dick characters that are naive that are usually uh more altruistic they kind of see things more clearly than others and they they're allowed to operate on a little bit different level because they really don't belong um, it's not a direct correlation, but there are touches of Philip K. Dick in The Watchmen. And I'd love to get people's comments on things that they find as well, because The Watchmen is probably the most dense graphic novel there ever will be written. There's so many references to so many things. They call back to each other so many times. It's just it's unfair to call this a comic book or a graphic novel. It's true literature. The intent of this discussion to kind of introduce some of you to Philip K. Dick and let you know that if you haven't read him and any of the things that we talked about, whether Zuropa or Octoon Baby or OK Computer, The Matrix, Total Recall, the Arnold Schwarzenegger version does spend a lot of time talking about this false reality stuff. For those that do spend the time doing it and are inclined to do so, they will find that Philip K. Dick probably is one of the greatest philosophical thinkers of the pop culture era. If you have any questions, feel free to send in your comments or just reach out to us, and I'd love to hear your feedback. Thank you. We like to keep the show from running too long, so what you just heard was a condensed version of Pat's Podium. To hear more about Philip K. Dick, download the entire Pat's Podium podcast. You'll find the link in the same place you found our show. 252. Resistant Network could buy you a lot more then than it can now. Well, uh, and I was, I was going to say, too, that was um, that was damn near minimum wage back then, yeah. too. For us, we could spend a whole thing up. You know, that's three days at the mall if you do it right. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. When video games were a quarter. <laughs> Well, and when the quarter rack was a quarter as well, you could buy five yeah. comic books for a buck and have another yeah. buck to play like you know two video games and a candy bar. You're good to go. I'm saying, say that's yeah. a great goddamn thing right there. You have you have, you have fat nerd heaven and skinny yeah. nerd heaven too because we skinny were nerd heaven. <laughs> I, I spent a lot of my money on books. I, I guess I was kind of a nerd, but yeah, I, and they were science fiction books and fantasy books. So yeah, I guess I was a pretty big nerd. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I remember everything was condensed to rocker and solar back then. I was like, you know what? I don't want to be compartmentalized in either one of those groups because I I like all types of music for one and for two. You know, don't condense me down to just rock and soul. I mean, there's more shit that I like. (laughs) You know what I mean? 
the stoners on the corner used to call you crossover because you were like the one black guy that would wear a Metallica t-shirt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to look up uh, TC and see what he's up to. Oh, man. He was an easygoing guy if you were, well, I guess if you were his friend, of course, but... That was the man, man. I I love that guy. I hope I, it, seriously. Everything cool that we got that we shouldn't have had was a result of asking him for it. So, right, right. He was he was the one that uh, got me into uh, Stephen King. He was like, yeah, check this out, man. Stand. <laughs> this is a great novel. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Pull an entire hardcover of the stand out of his trench coat and be like, here you go. <laughs> Magic pockets, man. <laughs> He gave Seriously. us anthrax, I'm the man. He's like, you should have this. Yeah. I'm like, okay, what is it? Right, yeah. I should have had that. Thanks, you know. <laughs> I should have had this a long time ago. He's like, oh, you got man. two bucks? I'm like, yeah, I got two bucks. Why? He's like, you want this Jessica Han Playboy? I'm like, here's three bucks. Thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> all that shit, man. He had it all. Totally. Everyone uh, needs to know had, a person like that. Yeah. He probably had uh, all kinds of drugs in there too, but we didn't give a shit about that shit. We just wanted the, the we wanted some porn and some music. That's all we really needed. If he'd had some comic books, it. that'd have been nice. <laughs> that's the ultimate trifecta but yeah that dude would like now they would they would take him in for psychological shit because he wore a trench coat every day of the year no matter what the temperature was if it was 100 degrees or if it was 50 very true and that's why we call him TC his TC stands for trench coat <laughs> what Which was his real name Juan Rose. that's right Juan he yeah. hadn't said that since he was 12, but that was his real name. Yeah, he even knew we <laughs> called him TC at some point. Like, yeah, whatever. I know. Yeah. As long as he's, he had what we needed, man. <laughs> all right. Yeah, he, he, rock, he was in Spanish class all the time, it seemed like. Uh, Spanish, that's right. Yeah, I, I do remember a nice bit of retaliation. Uh, those fuckers <laughs> that had the locker next to us. Oh, yeah, what did we do? I remember us being pissed about them. Uh, we went into John's toolbox and got some extra strength <laughs> elevator glue and glued their locker okay. shut. That's probably, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I do. We glued like yeah, it wasn't two, even, we, we were assholes to the, like, the nth degree. That wasn't just industrial strength elevator glue. That was basically JB Weld. So it not only like, you know, glued it shut, but there was no way to break right. it back open. They had to take the whole section and get new lockers. We got a new right. locker out of that, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah that was. See, we that would be awesome. so so arrested for terrorism at this point for doing <laughs> that. Remember, I used to take the BB gun to school and stash it in the locker like all the time. Oh yeah, um, man. <laughs> or we had uh, tennis rackets and shit. Now I guess they probably wouldn't like that either. It's like whatever. Yeah, yeah you would have been in juvie. <laughs> for the most part, though, that stuff was just for uh, protecting ourselves, not for uh, menacing or terrorizing or anything like that. That's true. Yeah, we never intentionally messed with anybody that didn't have it coming. And when we did mess with anybody, the reason why we didn't, because we'd have gotten in trouble for that back then too, but nobody ever caught us. Right. 
Yeah, but you wouldn't have gone to jail back then, you know. I mean, they well, right. would have just it said, leave this at home. Jail. Were you there? I think we were playing basketball either at lunch or after school. Maybe it was a rainy day or something. But uh, we were playing basketball in the gym. One of the guys, uh, he was like, oh, wait, hold on. Let me uh, take these things out of my pocket. He pulled, like, a nine out of his pocket and set it on the ground <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, in the gym. He was like, all right, now I'm ready to play. You're like, what the hell are you doing, dude? A nine millimeter brought a gun to school. <laughs> that was the first time I'd really seen a real gun <laughs> close up. But uh, that oh, guy was crazy. Jeez, you guys were hardcore. The worst that I came across was like little switchblade knives. <laughs> See, our school was as hardcore as you could be while still being completely fucking middle class. Very true. Like, like, if we were, like, $10 less in the, the general fund in the city, we'd have been ghetto. But we had those $10, so help you guys. We were middle class. 252. No, see, I like the talk of The Walking Dead, but I don't watch it enough. I'm not one of those obsessed fans. I oh, can tell okay. you every little detail and... Yeah, no, I don't have enough time for that. I mean, it's a great show, but I just don't have the time to get that obsessed over it. Yeah, I know some people who definitely are, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, like, I didn't like the comic all that much, which was around way before the show. And it was okay, but it's it's another Kirkman book. And the guy, everything he writes is kind of similar in that you either really like it a lot or you're just like, eh, this is okay. And I'm usually on the this is okay side of things with his stuff. So I wasn't all that eager to watch the show anyway. Oh, okay. But, uh, but I hear about it all the time from everybody else. No, oh, that sounds a lot like the book I didn't really care about. You know? <laughs> well, you never liked the popular stuff. I didn't even like that when it wasn't popular. Though. I, said, like, I had, <laughs> you know, I, that was new when I was still buying comics the last time before the kid was born and I got broke. But, uh, Kids will do that, but I had, oh, yes. and you know, I picked up and almost bought Walking Dead number one when it was new, and I went, eh, eh three bucks. I'll just save the three bucks, whatever. <laughs> now it's like three hundred bucks. You know, I should have probably bought two of them that day. <laughs> oh, but you, nobody could see that one coming. <laughs> no, not at all. See, I never read the comic book, so I. Yeah, I never really did either. I just kind of, you know. Uh, browse through it enough times to go eh I don't really care about it. I, I've had other things to spend money on at that point <laughs> now you can just download them and read them for free of course but that would be wrong but, <laughs> but like half of Facebook I wouldn't be able to understand if I didn't watch The Walking Dead yeah well, that's why I know or Game of Thrones you have to yeah. <laughs> well that I still don't know much about but that's even more not my thing <laughs> <laughs> Like no, I definitely don't care about this. Oh, a girl. With the- I like I like dragons and I like yeah. boobs, but I don't <laughs> like all the the killing and incesty stuff. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, me of course, a girl, a girl with dragons. I gotta watch it. Yeah, well, that part's cool. I would watch that show. Just take the other stuff back out. You know. I mean, there's a you know brief nudity and stuff in it. You know, I like that stuff a lot, but if I want to see that, I want to see it. You know, doing fun things and not with stabbing and stuff. And I don't like to equate the sex with violence thing. And a lot of people do, so I see why it's popular. But 
Like same with the Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't want to watch that shit because I wouldn't want to do that shit, you know? Right. For the most part. Some of it is interesting, but mostly that's just not me, you know? I like that stuff to be fun, and that's about it not being so fun, so meh. You can't tell people you don't like Walking Dead and Game of Thrones. You'll never have anybody who likes your stuff then. They'll be like... We're retro nerds. <laughs> That's our, true. That's our true. concerns, you know, we st- our focus on pop culture ends around the year 2000. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't go much beyond there. I mean, you could maybe go up to 2005, but really, there was nothing good released after 2000, as far as I'm concerned. So, <laughs> that's music, that's movies, that's you know, well, okay, there's been some good video games since then, but you know, not as good as the ones that there were before. So, well, Doctor Who. Okay, I like the old ones too, though. But see, the same thing. Everybody's favorite Doctor Who is the one I don't like at all. I don't know why that is. <laughs> oh. Like my favorite Doctor Who is the one that people seem to bitch about all the time. You know? See, I. Now he's gone. I like them all. I only dislike one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I just hate that guy. I don't know why I hate that guy. He must remind me of somebody else I hate. Or I saw him in something earlier and don't remember seeing him there and dislike him because of that. Right, because have you even watched those that seasons? Uh, some of them. And you just don't like it. I keep going, this would be pretty good if like they had the other guy in it. <laughs> you know, <or laughs> actually, I don't think, it's not really, I can't even necessarily blame the actor, which, you know, David Tennant. It's not really his fault. It might be the writing that I really don't like, the guy that was running the show. You know. Okay. Once they got rid of the writer, I liked the show again. And before that guy was there, I liked it. So I don't think it was really the person in the role. I think it was probably the person running everything. Plus, like, Billy Piper is ugly as fuck, <laughs> and everybody thinks she's hot. <laughs> <laughs> so that annoys me too, because like, where do you people see a hot girl, dude? I, I see like she looks like she doesn't need makeup to play a monster on the show. You know? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Oh, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> and then those same same people complain about Amy Pond. It's like, really? Come on. No, Amy was she was hot. Yeah, she is hot. She is still hot. Yeah, she needs to grow her hair back. No girl looks good without hair, though. I mean, no, it never has been a good thing, you know. You go back through the... You can't really think of too many historically who have even attempted to pull it off. But when you do, none of them were pretty. Oh. <laughs> I saw one time I saw Sinead O'Connor with like long blonde hair or something. I don't know if it was a wig or if she had actually grown her hair. I was like, wow, who's that? It's just kind of a pretty girl. Who is that? And you're looking like, holy crap, no way. The girl looks like Billy Corgan. And it doesn't look good on either one of them, you know? And once he shaved his head, that's when they started to suck. Like, that very moment. Like, dude, your entire power was in your hair. You better grow it back soon. Oh. It's the Samson of rock and roll. <laughs> That brings us to the end of this episode. Interact with us via email at retronerds252 at gmail.com or on social media via the links on our website at retronerds252.com. Go ahead, we don't bite. Well, some of us might. 
we leave you today with the Lost Beastie Boys track from the Death Jam era. Desperado. Uh. Rough mix for playback purposes. Well, I'm chilly chill most of the time, but I make a lot of noise when I bust the fresh rhyme. I'm cooling with the posse cold, drinking pissy. Met a young girl that got cold. Oh, yeah. Not Abbott and Costello, just me and my mellow. Got a microphone, so I don't got a bellow. Yeah. Don't not yellow, I don't eat jello. I know that I'm tough, what about this fellow? Hey. I might be a known fly coolie. Jello. Got the fly rhymes and the fresh fly woolly.